A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hello and welcome to The Ruck. You may perchance have cottoned on to the fact that there is a Lions squad due to be announced on Thursday. For that reason, I have deigned to return to work and Jonesy has decided that this week is too much for him. As the old cliche goes, big players, big occasions, you know what I mean. I'm Owen Slot, and if you are a regular, you probably heard my dear friend Jonesy whittering on about how I'd gone all Lord Lucan on him last week and missed two successive Mondays. Thankfully, you get a more consistent performance from Lawrence Delalio and Alex Lowe, who are both here today for a one-topic pod, and that is, of course, the Lions. Now, Alex, we are luckier than ever uh, to have you on the pod this week, because this time last week, you were unanimously selected as both the God and Goddess of the Week. How did that make you feel? I've been sort of floating on a on a cloud all week. I couldn't quite believe my nomination last week and uh yeah I was I was surprised and it was pointed out that I think I'm the second times journalist to have been nominated but the first to not have nominated myself um <laughs> <laughs> so no it was nice I even got a message from my dad who, who went out for a beer with his mate and said oh I, I hear you've been you're the hero of the week at the times so, wow did the junior Lowe's and Mrs Lowe uh, worship at your feet even more than usual uh no no definitely not <laughs> no life was normal at home just in my head I just felt I felt a bit, just a bit taller. I walked, I walked with a bit more of a, of a stride, a bit more purpose. It was nice. I enjoyed my week, but um, yeah, I'll step back down to, to, to ground level again now. Sounds lovely. Lawrence, are you well? I'm very well, thank you, Owen. I've seen um, a lot of rugby over the last few weeks. I've seen more of Warren Gatlin than some of the Lions prospects, I think. So I was rather disappointed to open my post this morning and just find a tax bill from HMRC rather than my selection for the British and Irish Lions. But uh, Anyway, that just brought me straight back down to earth and told me that I'm definitely not the god or goddess of the week. Well, you, you must have come um, close to a call-up because I, I was watching a BT Sport programme last night, an, uh, a Lions selection uh, programme, where you picked your Lions squad and, and you had Brian O'Driscoll in it. Well, uh, let me tell you now that uh, when we get on to the selection of the, of the centres for the Lions squad, wouldn't Warren Gatlin like to have Brian O'Driscoll? How ironic uh, would that be? 
<laughs> I mean, Warren Gatlin didn't want to pick Brian O'Driscoll, so I thought I'd better, better push, put him in there somewhere. All to be revealed by Gatland on uh, Thursday. Right, so so this is our selection panel. We're, we're not far off the, the uh, Lions selection panel in itself, in that when the, um, when the Lions coaches met for the first time, they were all asked to um, provide their first squad or who, who they wanted to pick. And they, they, they pulled them all and found that they were 25, 26 of the 36 on whom they all agreed. So out of uh, myself, Lawrence and Alex, we are also on agreement on 26 players with, with uh, uh, a good argument to be had over 10 of them. We agree on 10 of the backs and we agree on 16 of the 20 forwards. We, just, just to make that clear, we all agree on, on the hookers, which I, I have found one of the uh, uh, easiest of, uh, of, of discussions. So, so we all agree that the three hookers who should go to South Africa are Ken Owens, Jamie George and Luke Cowan Dickey. Interestingly, we've all we've all got the same tight heads. Pretty much anyone who's picked a, a Lions squad would have um Ty Furlong and Kyle Sinclair as their tight head. The the floating third is um uh is definitely uh, a, an argument to be had by many, but not by us. Some people have gone for uh, Xander Fagerson, uh, some for Thomas Francis, but we've all gone for um for Ireland's uh, uh reserve tight head, who is Andrew Porter. Just from the from the top or, or from from the from the backers, the team sheet is read out uh, on back threes, which I think is the is an incredibly competitive position. We all agree that Stuart Hogg should go, Louis Rees Zamet should go, that Liam Williams should go, and that Anthony Watson should go. Um, so there's room for two more there in the uh, in the centres. I completely agree with what you said, Lawrence. Pretty well, not not the strongest of positions, but we've all got Robbie Henshaw. Uh, and Henry Slade there. That might have been different if George North had still been fit. I brought uh, Slade in after North went out. Uh, we all agree that Farrell should go. You two had him as a as a twelve rather than ten, but I think that's probably a bit immaterial, really. I thought it was interesting that we, that we all had um, Finn Russell in our um, squads too. Uh, I could easily see him not going. I'm sure you'd say the same. Yeah, I just wonder whether. I mean, in the same way as Gregor was the was the fly half in '97 before Ian McGeekin. You know that that relationship between coach and player has, has had its ups and downs. You know, admittedly, but um, there is something about Finn Russell, you know, following in those footsteps of Gregor Townsend that that would be uh, that would, would would be pretty amazing, really. And I think you know, do you want a like for like replacement? Uh, you know, if 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 Sexton or Bigger were injured, and um, you know, do you replace one with the other? Or do you want someone who offers something completely different? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I always like to have a bit of variety up my sleeve in, in, in a squad that can uh, can offer something different. And there's no doubt that he does that. So my final selection meeting was held in the pub yesterday afternoon with my mate Ross and went through a few of these conversations. And <laughs> actually, Finn, Finn Russell was was one of the, the later ones for me to add into my squad. I had Johnny Sexton there for ages. But I thought there was a line in Shane Horgan's piece in the... Uh, in the Sunday Times, which which really stuck with me about the, the need. If you if you think back about big Lions wins, they've been sparked by or big Lions moments. It's it's sparked by moments by players who can who can do something off the cuff. Whether it's O'Driscoll in in Brisbane or or it's Liam Williams for that try in the first Test 2017, Jason Robinson, all those it's, it's players who can who can see see something and and uh, and, and deliver it quicker than anyone else and and I just came to the conclusion that having him on board would allow the Lions that option to put him on the bench should, should they want to I, I don't think he's a test starter and I just got to the point that, that Sexton's been 
uh, had such an interrupted season. And it, I know the three of those are very similar, Beck, uh, Sexton, Bigger and Farrell. And I just felt chucking in Finn Russell. I don't, I'm not sure that, that Gatlin will, but just felt it opened up the lines, uh, that opportunity for them to, to just do something unexpected, which, which might be what, what's required to win. I know you haven't finished going through them all, Slotty, but the, that, that point about Andrew Porter, I thought about Xander Fagerson as well. But ultimately, um, I thought Porter did so well holding up uh, Leinster and Ireland on, on the tight head when Ty Furlong wasn't around because he was injured. Plus, he can play both sides. And I just think that that versatility really got him the nod for me. He's, you know, he's, he, 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 I think he mixes in that company well now. And, and so that's why he, he got my, my spot as the third tight head. Just finish up on, on, on the backs who, who we all picked. So, so we just didn't do scrum half. So probably won't be surprised. Everyone's got uh, Connor Murray and everyone's got Thomas Williams. Um, and then uh, we've got three different uh, third choice uh, nines there. So so we'll, we'll do, do forwards after. So what, what, why don't we do um, start off on, on that back three? So we've got two spare spots to fill up with, that, with Watson, Hogs, Reece Amit and, and Williams all, all, all penciled in. You, you two have got um, Jack Nowell. I've got uh, Josh Adams and, and Johnny May. Uh, Lawrence, you've also got uh, Max Malins and Alex, you've got Elliot Daly. So um, of the aforementioned, I would kind of expect Daly to go because I think Gatlin really likes him. And I would kind of expect Adams to go for the same reason. But I'm not saying that, that I necessarily agree. Well, I mean, I, I picked Max Malins bec- instead of Elliot Daly. You could have picked Elliot Daly, but I don't think you can pick them both. So, And I think he is the new Elliot Daly. Without the fifty meter kicking, maybe I don't know, but uh, and I can understand the attraction of picking Daly um, for, for for Gatlin because he because he likes him. Um, he's obviously got that siege gun boot, um, which at altitude could could prove incredibly effective. But um, I think you can only pick a certain number of players who are completely out of form. And and, <laughs> and and to Eddie Jones' cost, you can't pick too many if he's already going to pick one or two other players who playing their rugby in the championship and they're out of form then that's that's probably enough you can't pick them all which is why Billy Vinopola doesn't go and why I don't think in my squad Elliot Daly doesn't go I mean I'm not picking who I think Gatlin will pick I'm picking who I think he should pick and I think people have to recognise that I think with Jack Noel again sometimes not playing a lot of rugby can, can be an advantage and I think with him he's able to hit the quality button and the level required straight away when he comes back you know people like me old Old um, diesel engines need a, need several attempts to hit the uh, to, to hit the right level. Whereas a winger like him, I mean, even in that game against Bristol, bang straight back into it at, at the at the test level, the test quality. So he goes straight back in for me. I'm excited to see him back because he's got so much rugby left in him for this season. So I think it'd be great. Um, and and, and Malian's just because I think there's a little bit of versatility there. He can play fly half, he can play centre, he can play fullback, he can play wing. He's got pace, and you know he hasn't got. A huge amount of test experience but in the in the few caps that he's played he's looked to the man aboard so I do believe um he would be a really interesting selection and, and just finally on the scrum half Dan Robson I think is a massive point of difference I think he's so much he's so much better player than we all know about obviously you'll all say well of course you pick him he's wasp biased but in the same way as as Matt Dawson was selected uh, in 1997 I think he's got the ability to 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 do things that that, that, that other scrum halves are un, uh, that, that he, he adds a point of difference and he's got pace he's got kicking ability uh, and he's got great service so I think he would be a, a real bolter selection 
I thought that, that Murray and Williams, and then I, I had Ben Youngs as my third. We now know Ben Youngs has chosen he, uh, to make himself unavailable. And I looked at that third scrum half spot and, and I could have chosen one of three or four. Um, I'm really not, you know, I, I put Gareth Davis down, but I like the idea of Dan Robson. Um, I like the idea of Danny Kerr. I think it's a spot. I, I actually had a, a thought yesterday. Do they even need to take three scrum halves? If you if you took two, you'd have a sp- you'd have space for an extra forward, which might be a conversation for for a bit later on. England went to a World Cup with two scrum halves. You can fly somebody out overnight, same time zone. Can I just um, put in there? Yeah, I I, I know they're going to take three scrum halves. No, I know they're going to take three, but I'm. So, I'm that doesn't mean that we have to because this is our squad. But yeah. I'm suggesting, and I, I didn't go with this in the end, but I thought long and hard about only picking two two nines because the, the problem. The problem is the schedule doesn't. I mean, you know, with the match squads now, you need two in, in every match squad, so they, they would have to be in every single match squad unless you unless you've got a, uh, a you know someone who can who can double up as a, as a magician every now and again. Yeah, yeah. and and that, that's ultimately why I didn't because there isn't there isn't someone who would have been training like that. I mean, England would said that England trained with George Ford at nine uh, in preparation for an emergency at the World Cup. I'm not sure this squad has someone like that. So in the end, I went with, with, with three in my squad and I put Gareth Davis, but I think, I think that's quite a flexible position. That third scrum half, you could, you could tailor it to however you want. And, and I, you know, I wouldn't argue against, against care or, or Robson, even though I put Gareth Davis more for experience than anything else. The fact is here, though, we've all picked a similar type of third-choice nine. We've all picked the sort of nine who, if he yeah. gets, gets on a bit of run of form, is the sort of guy who come off the bench and might do something special for you when required. Yeah. And, and on, on, the, on the back three conversation, I, I agreed with Lawrence on Jack Knoll. I just think he hits the ground running after an injury, and he's had too many injuries, uh, unfortunately. But he, he, looked, he looked brilliant straight away. He make, he's, a, he's a wing who makes things happen. He hasn't got the out, out and out gas of Johnny May, but he will in in a, in a tough arm wrestle. He will go out there and make make a difference, make things happen. And the way I went about selecting my bat three, I looked at the, what would be my starting combination. And at the moment, it isn't blessed with pace, but I've gone with Hogg at fifteen, Liam Williams, Nancy Watson on the wings for a combination of high ball and creativity. So I've. So then I, was, I had three more slots and my kind of out and out wing slot went to Louis Rees-Samit because he has got gas and he's, and he's riding his wave of confidence and I think he could do something out there that the box haven't seen from, the, from a, a Lions team. Yeah, they, won't, they, won't be, they, won't, they haven't seen him, sorry, so they won't be expecting it. And then the other two, yeah, Jack Noel got in because of, of how he plays and who he is. And I went, Daly was, was the last player down on my squad simply for, for, for that versatility. I don't, I don't see the point in taking a, a specialist wing as that as that sixth place and I went with Daly over Max Malins but um I, I see the argument in, in Malins I just went for Daly because of his boot because of his versatility I think he'd be a good tourist um and you know and I saw him play very well against you, healing so I was gonna say not... you can you can remember the last you can remember the last time you're the only man who can remember the last time he played really really well yeah yeah, yeah. so um th- so that's that was my my logic for for picking that that back three selection by sheer force of uh, of you both having gone with jack now and i and i don't don't i don't not i don't disagree at all so so we'll, we'll pop, put him in how do we get to a sixth back three player from may adams malins and daly 
Well, you, you you look at May and you say if, if if it had been this time last year, he'd have been nailed on. But unfortunately, he's for whatever reason, he's England have decided not to give him the ball this season. So, so doesn't doesn't that just mean that the Lions could give him the ball? And well, they could play. do, but I think he's just I think he I think he's generally dipped below his own levels just because it because England struggled. Um, I think uh, Daly again. I'm, I'm not. It's not a personal crusade, but I can't remember the last time he played well. Uh, I really can't. And, well, and I therefore, I, I think I would probably, if, if I was going to back down, and I you know, really like to in these occasions, I would I would replace Josh Adams um, into the squad because he was originally in my squad. But I just, uh, you know, and, and, and leave Max Malins behind because, you know, Josh Adams is is, is played superbly and he's a good finisher. Um, but I just I was just looking for that little bit more versatility. But, I, I, you know, Josh Adams can go back in instead of Max Malins. Uh, so I would argue that that last slot needs needs versatility. So I, I don't know why whether you, we, we would take a specialist wing in mm. that six back three position, where as we've already talked about, the midfield is that there there are lots of different combinations in the midfield. We're not we're not confident it's the strongest part of that squad. Well, it's interesting, like isn't Daly it? Because you've could, got could a, because you pick three fullbacks and we've all picked them and everyone's picked them because they're not only just very good players. But they're they're so good aerially as well, mm. and and you've got to you've got to recognise the threat of of South Africa, you know, with Faf de Klerk and, and anyone who plays, you know, South Africa will kick the ball a yeah. huge amount, and that positional play and that ability to to defuse the aerial bomb is so so important. I'm with um, Lawrence in I can't remember when Daly last played a game that was uh, that got, got him into a, a line to get him into a line squad. So uh, we'll, we'll put we'll put Josh Adams in there. Shall we wel- welcome our um... Our special surprise guest. Yes. yes. What? Well, it's not Jonesy, is it? It's not. It's definitely <laughs> not Jonesy. Um, no, no. Uh, uh, far, far, far better than that. We've got uh, Peter O'Reilly, who is uh, um, well known as our favourite man in Dublin. Pete, we're ha- we're having this um, th- th- this endless line selection debate. Um, so we needed someone with a sharper brain than the three of us to come on and make some decisions. And we- Somehow we end up with you, which is arguably a good decision. Can you start off by giving us some clarity at, at, at 10? You, you know Johnny's section as well as anyone. Um, uh, and obviously you, you've watched him for the entirety of his career. Clearly at, at his best, he's, he's, he's going to go. But we don't know whether he's going to get to that and, and, and how long he's going to last in the game. Of, of the three of us, Lawrence had, had him in his squad and neither Alex nor I did. We, but you would take him. I've seen your your squad in the Sunday Times yesterday. I would take him, I suppose, for his uh, his experience and his um, his ability to manage a game. And you would imagine that it's going to be quite a structured approach that the Lions will will have to take against the Springboks. Obviously, there are concerns about his physical well being at the moment. Just uh, as I understand it, Johnny will be fit to play again three weeks from now. He would have been. Uh, he's been passed by a a leading English neurosurgeon, uh, Dr. Tony Belly, to play again in, in three weeks' time. So Leinster were thinking they might have had him for the, for the Champions Cup final if he were available. So Sexton is, uh, is keen to go, will be his third, his third tour. He did finish the last three Six Nations games that he played. He played a full 80, 80 minutes. And uh, at the end of the England game, you would have thought that he was nailed on to travel. But in the last say, five Leinster games, he's had to be taken off uh, prematurely, having taken a knock. So uh, going in against the Springboks, uh, the most physical of international teams, yeah, you would, you would have concerns. 
and those concerns I'm sure will um, will be on Warren Gatlin's mind but at the same time he I'm sure he would like to have Sexton's game management skills his uh, and his experience so uh, it's a tight call thing about Johnny Peters we, we, we saw uh, in, in that England game is big occasions are, are the times where he really comes to the fore but does that help him get through a Lions test is that irrelevant I think I think his big game temperament is hugely relevant. Yeah, uh, uh, his attitude to these tours has always been: get me on the plane, and I will get on the test team. You know, so there's this incredible self belief there. If you consider the preparation time that the Lions won't have, that's another reason why you want guys who've been there before. That's the way Gatlin would be thinking about it. I'm sure. Now, I, I would I would have thought that at the moment Dan Biggers is the front runner at ten. But uh, Sexton didn't make the first, didn't start the first test in New Zealand, but he did start tests two and three. I think he has the ability once he gets into that sort of um, that touring environment, that his personality can be very powerful, and his his ability to uh, to understand a game is so it's it's like having a having a second coach out there uh, for someone like Gatland. That must be attractive to him. Whether he was such a dominant personality out there if he isn't going to be a starting 10 on the test team is another matter but I can I can imagine that, that Sexton would, would um, do things for the greater good I would have thought it comes down to a, a call between him and Finn Russell I suppose you could see how Russell would be fantastic to have on a bench for example if you were chasing a game to, to, to pull a rabbit out of a half but that's not why you pick your uh, your out halves to go on, on a tour really um so I think the only doubt about Sexton is physical, whether Gatlin thinks that he has the capacity uh, to, last the, um, to, you know, to last the physical onslaught that is going to be there against the Springboks. Alex, Pete, Pete mentioned at one point, which we should consider here, that, that maybe Johnny wouldn't be the greatest of players if he, was, if he ended up as your third choice tenant and didn't get on a team sheet. I would suggest that Finn Russell might um, fall into that category as well. And do, we should be considering that, shouldn't we? We need the right types. Yeah, that, that is a, that's a strong point. You need tourists. You need, you need players who will buy into it as an experience. Pro, I mean, Lawrence would know this better than any of, any of us, but I would say on this tour in particular, where the chance to go out and see the country is going to be off the table, they'll be, they'll be locked up in their bubbles in admittedly nice hotels but but they'll be they'll be stuck in making their own fun you need they're going to need good tourists people who, who understand what makes it work now you could argue that Finn Russell you know he'll be he'll be first at the bar probably and 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 he'll be a good, he'll be good on the night out but I'm not sure does he have the the sort of um, attitude personality to buy into the team ethos if he's not the the, the center point of the, of the team and I don't know him well enough uh, my sense is that that he's at his best when he's the kingpin when when things revolve around him and so therefore maybe it would be a challenge for him to fit in with with a foul and a bigger just on that point i mean don't let's not forget that everyone well pretty much everyone who's selected as to go on the british and irish lions tour is used to being a number one you know they're, they're used to being selected in their position in you know in, in for their country so that's the whole unique nature of the tour it's and I don't think it, well, many players have got an issue if they're not selected. It's it's just as long as they're all given the opportunity to impress. And uh, I'm pretty sure that whichever fly half you take, you would give them the opportunity to push their case forward. 
And if um, if, he, if the rubber, the green goes with the other fly off and he has a better game in, or, or the teammates around him play better, then you just got to hold your hand up and say, I'll get my chance again. But uh, I, I don't see that being an issue with, with these guys. The, sh- the schedule this time really doesn't help those who en- end up being outside of that Test 23 because yeah. without the midweek game before the first Test and the midweek game before the second Test, um, those guys could, their tour could be over a week before the first Test and they have no more rugby. Um, they're just there to to help support the test team, and that is a that must be a challenge for those who are used to playing, for those who who got on the on the plane expecting or, or wanting to play to to not even then have a game, you know, between tests between the before the first test and between test one and two to to stake a claim to to stay interested. Uh, I think that that would be a major challenge for for the management and for those players in, in that in that uh, in that situation. Those players are going to have three and a half weeks without playing a game where they have to yeah. be good tourists. That's a hell of an ask. The previous Lions tour, tours, they've had the the, the dirt trackers have had a, a one one and a half weeks to um to be good boys and 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 play the play the good squad member card. But um, so it's a much bigger issue now. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. move on because I want to ask Pete about front rowers. Pete, the Leinster semi-final yesterday was um, was pretty interesting from a, a, a line selection perspective. Your Sunday Times squad was was picked in advance of that. I think it's pretty bizarre the way we, we, we look at these things. We're talking about a, a, a test series that, that is two months away. Is it two months away? It's a bit two months away, over two months away. Yet we're saying, oh, their form on their last audition wasn't quite what it needed to be or whatever. So I think we can put to attribute too much importance to the last game they played. But you had three Leinster front rowers in, in your squad. Do, do, do you think that the, the way that the, the Leinster went yesterday it changes your mind at all? Well, I'd say those guys in the, in the Leinster type five are worried now because although I take your point about form and about the, the gap in, in time between now and the actual departure, these guys were one of the few groups of players who were on show 
this weekend, which is you know three days or four days before the, t- the team is announced. So perception is is everything in that situation. So for someone like James Ryan, who probably felt having having missed a good chunk of the Six Nations that he, he needed a big performance, I'd say he's slightly concerned there. Because as a second row going to South Africa, you don't want to be beasted uh, like Leinster's pack were beasted yesterday. I still think Tyke Furlong was on the plane anyway, so he's safe. Personally, I would uh, I would have Andrew Porter there for his versatility, but also because I think he's a good enough tight end in, in his own right. And he's a fantastic player around the park. But yeah, you wonder when it comes to 50-50 calls if losing a big semi-final can work against you. So it's um, it's a matter of matter of perception there, uh, and it didn't look good for for Leinster's pack, which is the the guts of the Ireland pack as well, to be to be beaten up so badly as they were yesterday. On um, loose heads, the, the panel all has um, Mako and Win Jones uh, in, in our squads, but um, we, we're divided on um, Joe Marler uh, versus Keen Healy as our third um, loose head. I have to say, I have to say, Owen, I was working on the assumption that Joe Marler wouldn't want to tour given his, you know, his personal history. But obviously, you guys would know more. He, he, he was. Do we know that he was emailed by Gatland and that he didn't pull out, or he made himself available? I can't be specific there, but I'm pretty. Sh- uh, even though I've got him on my squad, I'm pretty damn sure that he won't be going. I think the 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 the, the, the selection of the Type Five is is fundamental to success. I mean, it, you know, in 1997 we broke with tradition and, and played a game and, and took the Springboks away from 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 their traditional strength and, and maybe surprised them a, a little bit with. Uh, with the selection, um, which uh, which they didn't see coming, um, I think England found to their cost that if the if the box turn on the power game, um, and they've got a number of different locks that they could choose from, and any number of type five forwards, and I do think that you know this is where I I, I sort of go a little I delve a little bit deeper and it, hopefully into a little bit of experience around if you pick a certain type five, then it allows you to pick a different back row to the one that you, that a lot of people would select. And, um, you know, when I look at the back row, there's a, there's a number of players that I really want to see on that plane to South Africa. A lot of them all play six or seven. Most of them play seven, actually. And I think the England, um, England, sorry, the Lions have got to get their selection right in the, in the tight five. And, and Gatlin will know that more than anything. I share everyone's concerns over James Ryan. I think he, you know, last year, this time last year, he was nailed on first choice. You know, who's, Will it be Itoji and Ryan in the second row? Will Win Jones even make it? You know that type of thing. But I think physically he's he, he's had his problems. But equally, I, I don't think it's just James Ryan. I, I think the Lions full stop in that position are, are a bit under. You know we haven't got any big big bruisers. I mean even Itoji and Win Jones aren't the same physically as, as some of those guys that they're going to come up against. So I think I think the Gatlin has to be quite canny about his, about the way that they try and take on South Africa. I think that selection in, in in the in the front row will and the second row will actually determine how he's able to play the game with the back row that he wants. So he's got to get it right. If you want a more playmaking back row, Lawrence, and who who is your big engines in? in, in well, I mean, I think if I, the, as you said yourself, we're, 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 the, the Lions aren't blessed with with huge physical beasts in the second row. Well, I think I've, I've got a sneaky suspicion that. He may end up playing Itoji at six, you know, or certainly having a look at it, or or a Tyke Burn or someone like that. So personally, I think you you know you would start with Alan Wynne Jones in a Test match as captain uh, and a second row along with Itoji for me. But then you would have the confidence to 
replace a Win Jones maybe after 50 minutes um, if you felt he needed to be replaced. And uh, and it's a question of uh, who you bring on. I mean, I think James Ryan does go on the air, on the plane because I think he's got quality and you, we can all look at reasons why they were completely smashed yesterday. Uh, the likes of Skelton and Aldrich were, you know, just just came up with uh, with huge plays at, at big times in the game. But uh, yeah, I, I think James Ryan still goes. It's a question of who's that fourth lock, really. Well, look at the World Cup. South Africa were playing with two, obviously two locks in the starting 15, two more locks on the bench, and Peter Steph Dutoy playing at six. So they have f- five locks effectively in that in that 23. And so to Lawrence's point about how, how will Gatland try and match up with that, I don't think the Lions will, will be able to go over there and expect to, to win that physical battle. I just think they need to get enough parity, enough foothold to then be able to do, play off it. Pete, can you, just, can you um, help us make the decision for our um, fourth lock then? So we, we, we'll take, uh, we're taking Alan Wynne, Marrow and James Ryan. And I think the, the fourth position, I'm assuming, well, everyone's got Tyke Burn down um, in their bat row. So the, the, the fourth lock is, um, amongst our conversation anyway, uh, a, a competition between Johnny Gray and Ian Henderson. Well, in Henderson's favour, I thought he came incredibly close to getting in the 23 in, in 2017. It was really between yeah. him and Lowe's, as I recall. So he offers the ability to play at six as well as four. And he's in, he's in pretty good form. I, I, I would suspect that Gatland is a fan of his. So he, he, has, he has a bit of previous with the Lions, which is good. Uh, against that, there's the old perception thing is, um, again, because on, on Friday, Ulster completely wilted in the second half against the Tigers and he was their leader, he was their captain. So that, that didn't look great. Gray obviously has gone up a level with Exeter, but it's it's interesting that when you, the week before the selection, you talk to guys in the different countries and I was talking to a few Scots last week and they weren't necessarily pushing Johnny Gray's case that strongly, which I found interesting because... You know, normally you tend to know a bit more about your guys. So I would say, I would say Henderson's going to, going to uh, perhaps just, just uh, shade that battle. We'll, we'll move on to the um, back row. Uh, we, we've got a, a, a lot of agreement here. Every, everyone's taking Talupe Falatau, Tyke Byrne, Hamish Watson, Tom Curry, and Justin Tipperick, which leaves two more spots. I'd like to talk about who we think is our backup number eight because that's not obvious at all. Sam Simmons, Jack Conan, Billy Vunapola. Jack Conan didn't, another that uh, could have done without playing against um, La Rochelle yesterday. Yeah, listen, I, I'm firmly in the Sam Simmons camp. Don't think it's a bolter selection. I don't think it's controversial. I think the player deserves to be there. I think um, I, I've watched him a lot this season. He's been outstanding. Um, he's done things that change the games, um, both in Europe and in, uh, in, in domestically as well. I think he's he's got pace, he's got footwork, he's got ability, um, he's got mental toughness and resilience, which is the piece I was talking about. You know, you've got to pick players on rugby ability, but you've also got to pick players who are strong in their mind. And anyone who comes back from an ACL injury, the way he has. Uh, and has, has played like he's never had the injury, um, is is mentally very, very strong. So I don't see the omission of Billy Vanapola as, 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 as that much of a surprise as possibly I would have said. Conversely, he has not been the same player mentally since he has broken his forearm twice. And he's got he's got a lot of question marks around his 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 ability to lift his form because 
England have asked him to do that on a few occasions. And whilst it, it got a tiny bit more out of him against Wales and a little bit more out of him against France, I don't think it's anywhere near the level that it needs to be. So you, as I said to you before, I think you can afford to take one or two players that are out of form and surround them with play, with great players and they can lift their form. But I don't think Billy is one of them. So Sam Simmons is, is the backup number eight, I think, for me. No, not controversially, no question about it. Whilst he doesn't have any Six Nations form to speak about, you know, all this nonsense about him not, not being physical enough and not being big enough, I just don't buy it. Lawrence, my, my question about Sam is is about his resilience in, in, a, in a different way. And I, I, I agree with everything you said about him, but he's a quiet guy. He's a quite a shy guy. And I feel that he needs to feel his way into a situation to um uh, before he can re- really assert himself, which is maybe why he didn't... um. Take, take the world by storm when he did start playing international rugby in 2018. If you place a guy like that in the, the awesome environment of a Lions squad, established players all around you, and you're in that bubble where this guy's going to be told he's got to stay in his hotel room for most of the day. He's in my squad, but I have huge, huge reservations. Well, well also, the, the other danger is if you pick a player who's got no form whatsoever, uh, apart from two or three, two years ago, uh, and he doesn't, and he, you know, I mean, one, he doesn't deserve to be there. And two, he's not able to lift. I mean, if you pick a guy who doesn't deserve to be there on form, you've got to know that from minute one that, that he's going to lift his game to the, to where it needs to be. Otherwise, your selection comes under serious question marks. And I, I don't I don't see Sam Simmons as a risk. I really don't. Whereas I do see Billy Vanapola as a risk. I was also looking, looking back at that World Cup and, and the final. And, you know, you, you'd pick Billy because he's, big, powerful, game-line-breaking player. And I just don't think he did that at all in the, in the World Cup final against South Africa. So I, I actually don't think I'd pick him because I'm not sure that, that, that that style of number eight is actually going to be very effective against the Springboks, quite apart from the fact that it, we've waited a long time. There's been lots of promises that he's he's, he's nearly back to his best and, and there just hasn't been any evidence of it. And, and I So for, for both those reasons, I, I wouldn't have him. I'd be interested to talk to, to Peter about... Jack Conan, I, I think Caelan Doris, had he been fit and available, would have had a very strong chance of of touring. And in the end, I put I put Jack Conan down as my as my other number eight. Peter, what would if 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 Caelan Doris had been had been fit, do you think he'd have gone? Yeah, I think he was he was in with a shout. Certainly, he would have had a he would have had a champion in Andy Farrell because uh, Farrell liked the way that he he attacked short, soft shoulders, had footwork, that sort of thing. Whereas See, you know, we've Ireland have been relying on CJ running into people for the last few years, so he's a different type of number eight. And I think Jack Conan offers that point of difference as well that he has um, he has quick feet and he has good football skills. I just think he needed a huge game yesterday to have a chance. My vote for uh, for, for Billy was on the basis that being put into a Lions environment was going to lift him and suddenly get him fit. But I would very quickly defer to uh, the better. Uh, knowledge and experience of Lyle on this but also um, I see Sam War- Warburton described Simmons as an easy pick in, in, in this morning's paper so I think these guys uh, may be onto something. Let's um, go back into the uh, into the back division we haven't discussed uh, our uh, our centres yet we all agree that um, Robbie Henshaw and, and Henry Slade would um, be on the plane then there's a lot of discussion about Manu, about Gary Ringrose and about Jonathan Davis. Where do we stand on that? Manu was one of my first names down when I was looking at the centres. He's, that, that is a bit of a faith pick because he hasn't played for six, seven, eight months, but he's due back in the next couple of weeks. 
And I think if Manu's fit and, and firing, then he's in the squad and he's very, very close, if not definitely in the in the test fifteen. I think he'll ask questions of of defences that that none of the other players in that squad will be able to ask of of the Springboks. So I had him straight in with Henshaw, who who was outstanding in the Six Nations. My biggest decisions were around Slade, Ringrose, and Jonathan Davis because I, I just think Davis on Lions tours has been he, he's taken his game to another level. He's been outstanding, but I just. I went for Slade on the basis of almost a slightly younger version of of, of Jonathan Davis, a ball playing outside the centre, who, as we've discussed on the pod before, England can't get the best of him. But a lot of that, I think, is because he ends up playing outside Ford and Farrell. So England have three ball players and no one actually running straight. I think if you had him playing outside Manu or, or Henshaw, you'd see the very best of him because it, those inside runners would create some space for him to exploit. And I went for Ringrose, um, really touching back on something I said at the start, just players who uh, I think he's very, very good defensively, very tough defensively, but can just, you know, his his running ability, um, he can he can find holes and he can he can generate a break, create something in a very tight situation and and break the game open like that. So ultimately, that's why I went with uh, with Ringrose. I think the George North situation would have probably changed everyone's balance because he'd have offered another big big power carrier in midfield or on the wing, but without him. That was sort of how I went went with it and ended up squeezing Jonathan Davis out of my squad. Pete, do you think the Lions would bring the best out of Gary Ringrose? Well, I think he was he was unfortunate, maybe a little bit too young four years ago. And what I heard was that Gatland kind of privately maybe regretted not finding a spot for him. But I think he's gone backwards in the last year. And that's why I think he's under pressure. He didn't get into my squad. I think, I suspect that he was happier under Joe Schmidt than he is uh, under Mike, Mike Cat's influence. Uh, Mike Cat, I think, has, has put pressure on players to make decisions on the hoof. And too often recently, Ringrose has tended to tuck uh, the ball under his arm and cut back against the grain and just go into contact. So I, he hasn't developed for me as, as much as I hoped he would. And I don't think he's in particularly good form. And I don't think you can... I think bringing him and Slade is two very pretty similar players. And if I had to pick between the two of them, I'd go with Slade at the moment. As for Manu, I remember before an Ireland-England game a couple of years ago, asking one of the, the Ireland coaching team, you know, which of the England players, if you had a chance, would you, would you take? You know, If you had to pick one England player for your team, I think it was part of a panel that we were asked to do. And, and he said to Alangi, just because he's a beast, he's a freak physically. So as, as Alex says, that's another faith pick. But against the Springboks, I think it's worth taking a chance in that, in that particular part of the, the pitch. Lawrence, I think we're down to a, a, um, a choice between um, Jonathan Davis and Gary Ringrose for the final centre spot. How would you, I'll let you decide that one. Well, it's, a, it's yeah, it's very tough. I mean, I made one fatal flaw in my mistake. I left Tuilangi out, which I'd like to sort of rectify him <laughs> because <laughs> because I'm not quite sure. It must have been a, a blind spot in my thinking at the time because uh, you know well, probably I, because I, you haven't seen him play for about. Uh, well, I know, I know, but I agree. I agree with everyone else. He he offers a point of difference, and he is a type of player that even if he's been out of a team, he doesn't need to play his way back in. He can do things that change the game, and and. You know, with Diolande and, and and a number of other options the Springboks have got, it just completely changes the way the Lions play. So I would bring him in. I guess the big question is whether you take Farrell um, because all the all, as a twelve. Because from what I've heard on this discussion, you know, you can always fly Farrell out if you do, you know from out from outside. But um, 
Well, Slade, I agree, goes. Henshaw is a shoe-in. Uh, Tirolangi, if he's fit, would be brilliant. And I guess, I mean, I'd take Ringrose and Davis if you leave Farrell at home. But if you're assuming you're taking Farrell, then I think Jonathan Davis is probably the devil that Gatlin knows, even though he's... He, I mean, both are out of form, I would say. Um, Ringrose obviously had had the opportunity yesterday, but not the platform because his forwards got smashed to pieces. I think... He is a hardcore centre. I think he's big, strong, robust, you know, and very committed in defence. Um, it's just where the Gatlin believes he can find that quality, those qualities very quickly on the tour. And, and can he do it and more quickly than Jonathan Davis? Um, so probably edge for Davis, given, given that Gatlin knows him. But uh, it's, uh, I wouldn't rule out Ringrose either. George Cruz might be a might might be a left field selection from Gatland. I know he, I know he got let down by Cruz a little bit in the uh, on the tour. He ended up going between between Henderson and, and Courtney Laws, but it could be quite a left field selection because I was pondering that Lawrence because well. they've got no they've got no Steve Borthwick to quickly sort their line out out. Yeah, and uh, and and if you know Steve Borthwick is a, is a, is a real issue for them. Uh, and I don't know how good Steve Tandy is at running lineouts, but Steve Borthwick. Um, is is the world's best. He's been glaringly missed for England this season as well because their lineout's been picked off too. And if you can't replace it with a coach, you need to replace it with a player. And the closest thing to Steve Borthwick as a player is George Cruz. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, Maritoji likes calling lineouts as does as does James Ryan, as does uh, Alan Wynne Jones. But they would all bow to the superior knowledge of of George Cruz uh, and Steve Borthwick. So that could be, sorry, just to randomly throw in a left field. I, I think it's a good thought. I mean, I, I pondered it for, for all, all those reasons, the line-out reasons, the fact that when he, before he moved to Japan, he was playing the best rugby of his career through the World Cup. And, and, and afterwards, I thought he was outstanding. Having picked himself up from, from the fallout from that Lions tour, uh, where he was, he was not pretty hard. I just I went against it only on the basis that of, of what happened in New Zealand, and I wonder whether that might still be in in Gatland's mind a bit. But uh, I think he would do he would do the, the the position justice if he was to be picked from from Japan. Oh, I'm loving um, this. This is fantastic. Don't you th- I mean, I think you know, and he, he he's another who who could be added. I, yeah. I I just I just went against it, but I did give it a lot of thought actually about about George. You know, Cruz. just one more. You can't leave the bar without having just one more, can you? So, <laughs> I mean, just to finish, I do agree with 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 everyone in the sense that the selection of this squad is not just on 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 rugby ability alone. Um, this is going to be a tour like no other tour. Uh, certainly, like no Lions tour that I've ever been on, or, or any of you as, as, as covering the, the, the tour have ever been on. You know, to to be in a hotel for nine weeks, to not be able to see the country in the way that you would like uh, and envisage, um, to see the inside of a, a hotel room, a stadium, a bus, another stadium, another changing room, and then back to the hotel is is a challenge for everyone. Things aren't going to always be going your way. Um, nine weeks is a challenge for anyone, let alone. Uh, let alone a normal three-week sort of in-and-out smash-and-grab tour. So I think the mental resilience of each player uh, will need to be assessed and their their suitability to coping with what is a Lions tour like no other. So uh, I think that the, people have to ponder that when they when they, when they they consider Gatlin's selection because it's not purely based on rugby. Thanks, thanks for that, Lawrence. And can we just point out that it's going to be equally hard for the media who have to cover that tour as well and that everyone out there should be feeling very... Well, uh, well hold on a minute. I mean, you well. know, as long as the bar's open, there's always a solution, isn't there, really? So, but it's not quite the same solution for the players, is it? So, <laughs> well, there, there, is, there is a major fear that the bars and restaurants might not be open, in, in which case... 
Well, I don't know. Um, a few rand normally takes care of business. I shall now take you through uh, through uh, through our the, the Ruck uh, Lions squad for 2021, um, starting at the back: Stuart Hogg, Liam Williams, Anthony Watson, Louis Reese Zamet, Jack Nowell, and Josh Adams. Uh, in the centre, we have uh, Robbie Henshaw, Henry Slade, Manu Tuilagi, and Jonathan Davis. Our tens. Rowan Farrell, Finn Russell. We 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 wonder if uh, Gatlin will agree on that, um, but we all do. And um, Dan Bigger just nudges out Johnny Sexton. Our nines, uh, uh, Connor Murray and Thomas Williams. And um, because I'm in charge, I'm going to bring Danny Care um, next week. Someone else can bring another another nine instead. Our front row will uh, consist of Mako Vanipola, Win Jones. And Joe Marler, everyone agrees on the uh, hookers, which is Ken Owens, Jamie George, Luke Cowan, Dickey, and our uh, tight heads are Ty Furlong, Carl Sinclair, and Andrew Porter, probably in that order. Captain Alan Wynne Jones in the second row with Marrow, James Ryan, and fourth lock. I think um, I was pretty swung by uh, by you there, Pete, so we'll take Ian Henderson. In the back row, Falatau, Byrne. Watson, Curry, and Tipperick. Everyone agrees. And Lawrence will never come on this program on this podcast again if Sam Simmons isn't um isn't on the trip. And um the final um back row is somewhere I actually haven't mentioned, but um uh, both Lawrence and Alex had him, and, and I've I've sort of uh, penciled him in and out 101 times, which is uh, Sam Underhill. So um, that is the Ruck Lion Squad. I understand that Warren Gatton will be listening to this podcast with real interest between now and Thursday and is likely to follow our every move. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We are um, going to do a follow-up to this. We're going to do a special midweek podcast after the uh, Lions selection has been announced on Thursday. You'll be able to pick that up on uh, definitely by Friday morning. Depends on whether I know Jonesy gets up and decides to come back to work or not. I look forward to seeing you then, and uh, we'll be back. 